0: You know those moments where you think, I wish I would have learned this in school? Those are the topics that we love to talk about. Join me each week as I interview experts sharing their strategies for solving problems that us young adults will face throughout our 20s and 30s. So what are you waiting for? And if you want new episodes about adulting advice every Monday, hit that follow button. to admit, this is one subject in the personal finance space that I don't have much experience with. I'm so impressed with my friends who can get free airfare and hotels through credit card points. And I think it's time you and I do the same. I just get overwhelmed and I'm not really sure where to start. What cards should I have in my wallet? Which cards should I use on what? Are cards with annual fees worth it? These questions and more are all going to get answered in today's episode. And to give us those answers, I've invited my friend, Danielle Dazir Corbett, who is the creator of The Thought Cart, a travel and finance blog and podcast. Danielle is quite the expert when it comes to traveling cheaper through credit card hacking. My approach up until this point with credit cards has been pretty elementary. I take my 1% cash back and call it a day, but Danielle has me really excited to move up to the next level and start getting more from my credit card provider. I thought this was an excellent capstone episode for our series on mastering money at work. Up until this point, we've covered 401ks, asking for a raise, employee perks that can make you money, HSAs, and most recently, the passion versus paycheck conundrum. If you've missed any of those episodes, go back and download them now so that you have something to listen to after this. Okay, let's get into it. I hope you enjoy my conversation with the financially savvy traveler herself, Danielle Dazir Corbin. What's a travel experience on your bucket list that you're just itching to cross off right now?
1: I am really like into road trips. So I'd like to travel down Route 66 or like spend an extended amount of time traveling in California Mm -hmm. where there's like a lots of like coastal drives and like I'm based on the East Coast and a lot of my travels have been like up and down the coast, but West Coast is kind of new to me. Even going up to like Oregon and doing all those, it's just, gosh, like the U.S. is so beautiful, but I feel like oftentimes we're looking abroad for incredible experiences, which don't get me wrong, are great. But I think the pandemic has taught me that Like there's a lot of gems in our backyard and our backyard is pretty big. So it's it's huge, 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 (laughs) right? So I'm really looking looking forward to that. And then I think another experience, which my husband will probably never go for, maybe depends on how much I can convince him, is to like convert an RV or convert a van and like do van life for just like 30 days. I'm not asking for a lot here. I just want to have that experience. Hopefully all the good things and not the bad things, but it's just really interesting to me to just pack everything you have into a small little space and just go and venture off. So I think those are the two things that I feel like are not that far-fetched for me to
0: do in the near future. I lived in San Diego for a couple of years, so I, I've i done part of the PCH, which is just like unbelievable and gorgeous. I didn't drive all the way up the coast to like Oregon and Washington. So that'd be such a fun road trip in general. Like everybody, I feel like I've had my eyes set on van life too. My girlfriend, not really about it. She doesn't really love the idea of packing everything into that small of a space, but she did just buy like a 24 foot or maybe 28 foot camper, a fifth wheel camper pull behind. So we're going to get a little bit of taste of that life. She bought it for Burning Man next year and we're renovating it. Well, she is, and I'm just kind of helping out. It's like all pink and disco themed (laughs) in the inside. So Like I said, I will have no claim on it in the long run, but I am excited to potentially use it like you too. I want to do van life, not because I want to like go on the road and be a nomadic for, you know, the next couple of years, but just do a couple of long trips, bring my house with me, be able to kind of like perch down anywhere that I want and hang out for a little while without really having to consider the cost of hotels and all of that. So I, I don't know, I like it. And then I could see myself using the van for road trips here and there. So I don't think it would be a complete waste of time and energy and money for me. I feel
1: like you guys are easing into easing into it, right? Which I feel like is so approachable.
0: So I'm yes. really excited to hear more and how that continues to develop for you guys. <laughs> well, I'm excited to discuss travel hacking today, specifically through credit card points and miles. And you've gained a ton of knowledge about this topic, both through like your own trial and error with your own travel adventures which seems to be a whole lot of fun and then also creating the thought card which is a blog and a podcast where you cover how to travel more pay off debt and build wealth which is like right up my alley i love all things personal finance you know we're finn connors and we like to hang out in the personal finance space but an apparent blind spot for me has always been credit card rewards i'll take my one percent cash back on my bank issued visa card so I know there's a whole lot of room for me to learn and expand in this space and maybe take more advantage of it. And I'm excited to get excited about that 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 area of personal finance today. So I'd love to start the conversation with the why. This one has always really confused me until I, I started to understand what's really happening in the industry. But why are credit card companies giving away such lucrative deals? Like, How can they afford to give this cash back give the miles, give the gifts, all of these things. Is there something in it for them? Yes,
1: there absolutely is. It's the incentive to bank with them or to open a line of credit with them. So it's making the ask a little bit sweeter by saying, hey, in exchange for this, I will give you some money back or I will make sure your account is fluffed with a couple of extra points a miles so you can do something incredible with that. So for me, I see it as the incentive to bank with them and to be a customer of theirs. And looking at the bank side, they earn upwards of like 20-something percent every single month on purchases that people make when they carry a balance. So why not throw us an incentive, throw a surprise, and potentially have us be in debt, right? It's, it's a very interesting situation to be in because part of it is I want to take advantage of these points and miles and being able to travel, but I don't want to fall victim to what the majority of Americans are suffering with right now, which is an insurmountable amount of credit card debt. So mm-hmm. I think those are the two sides, but I think that the banks are hedging that we're going to likely get into debt and they can make even more money off of us.
0: I think that's probably a really good PSA to call out right here from the get-go. Although there is tons of reward to benefit from in the credit card space, there's also a whole lot of risk or potential risk. So of course you have to to live by some of the tried and true personal finance principles before you really enter this space. Make sure that you're comfortable with managing your credit card debt, paying it off every single month, not carrying a balance because yeah, you're right. The, the rates that I see are like, 17 to like 28% or something, which is just insane to me. And then they might put on one time fees and things like that. So it adds up really fast. And I promise you, your your credit card rewards will not will not pay for the amount of, of fees that, that you're going to get tacked on on that note. So we're going to move into the actual credit card rewards, assuming that people are comfortable and careful when it comes to managing their, their lines of credits through their credit cards, and they want to start exploring credit card rewards and really maximizing this more so than, once again, my personal situation, which is just give me my credit card and I'll take the 1%. I haven't put too much thought or energy or effort into it outside of that. I would really love to pin you down on like, uh, these are the three cards that everyone should have, but I know you're going to push back on me and, and that's not there's no cookie cutter solution for anybody. So what are some of the questions that you like to ask people whenever they come to you and they're like, Danielle, you know so much about this. What credit card should I open up?
1: Yes. So I actually have a list here and this is a criteria that I go through when I'm determining if I want to open a new credit card. So the first question is, what are your main spending categories on a monthly basis? What we really want to do is align our spending categories to maximizing our points and miles. So, for example, if you like to dine out, if you have a car and you do a lot of like gas, you really want to get credit cards that offer maximum points and miles on those particular spending categories. So for most people, that's gas, that's dining out, that may be drugstores, that may be cable and phone. Put those on a paper, and say, These are what I'm spending most of my money on. So let's try to find a card that offers two to five times cash back per dollar spent. So that I think is a great level set. So you're not just opening cards frivolously, but there is an alignment there that you're going to maximize. The second question I would ask is Do you want to go the free credit card route, or do you might not mind paying for? An annual fee. I've done both. And I know that there's plenty of opportunity for you to start off with the free cards, especially as a newbie. Start with the free cards so you don't have to dish out any cash and you can really learn as you grow and see if this is something that you want to sustain. And as you add annual fees on, typically the perks do get better. So your cash back is more, you get more sign-up bonuses, like there's just more incentives for you to pay the annual fee. But I would just say start off with the free tier. And then as travelers, our goal is to travel, definitely keep in mind not to have foreign transaction fees on that credit card. It's like millions of little cuts. When you're traveling and there's a fee attached to every charge, it sucks. And it takes up so much of your money and time So I would just say, look for no foreign transaction fee credit cards. Those are the three questions that I would start with is again, what are my spending categories? Let's look for cards that match and align with that. Do I want to go with the fee or no fee? Maybe no fee. And then definitely look for no foreign transaction fees. So if you do go abroad, you don't have to worry about the penalties.
0: That makes a whole lot of sense to me. Is there a couple of credit card companies that we should be looking at? I hear Chase, Amex, Citi all kind of pop up. Are those kind of the big giants in the space that we could potentially start with? Or is there a different strategy whenever we're, we're starting to, after we've understood our spending categories and the amount of spend that we might have, and if we want free versus an annual fee, Is there a couple of companies that we should start with or look at first?
1: Yeah. So all those that you mentioned all carry credit cards. And my personal favorites, and I'll throw out some card names because I know everyone wants to know. I really, really love Capital One's Venture Card. And I love it for a couple of reasons. Number one, they offer global entry or TSA pre-check. So boom, that's covered. We can just kind of whiz through security line. There are also no foreign transaction fees, like I mentioned. And then across the board, you're earning two points per mile for every dollar you spend. So you don't have to think about, oh, which credit card? You can just have one card that kind of just bases a, a nice layer for you. So I like that card for simplicity. I also really like the Trace Freedom Unlimited cards. This is the no fee card line. And I like them because you can earn three points per dollar spend at restaurants. So if you like to dine out, then that's a really good offer. And then they offer one point per dollar on every day purchases. So on everything else, you can still earn 1.5. So I like that card. It's a little bit more complex, meaning, okay, I could you know earn three, I can earn five, one 1.5. But I feel like if you are a foodie, you like to dine out, then maximizing on a card like that could be really great great to start. And then lastly, I really do like Wells Fargo. I know they're not the most popular bank, but they do have a no fee credit card that offers like three times cash back for different types of purchases that are aligned with me. So I have it there for when I'm like traveling or doing anything interesting. I like that as well. But all of those cards are because I know My spending. I know the areas that I focus in on and I kind of want to keep it simple. You don't necessarily have to be a person that has 10 different credit cards in your wallet. I would say the less credit cards you have, the less opportunities for things to go awry. So just find something that fits you and that's easy for you to know what to pull out.
0: With spending categories being an important piece to all of this. Do you have like a system for keeping track of what card you should be spending on what spending category? Yes.
1: I have two actual approaches to how I go about tracking. I really love the Card Pointers app. They have a free and a paid version. And what this app does, it makes the decision-making super easy for you by letting you know if you're looking for gas which credit card to use. So it really helps you determine which credit card to use at checkout. And I literally before I swipe my card at the grocery store or at wherever I'm at, I just check card pointers app to see what spending category am I really maximizing here? Or if I should just use a card that's like the the standard two or the standard one point five percent. Do you so I really, I really do like that.
0: And and that app, do you designate which cards that you have in your wallet then.
1: Yes, okay, you do have sense. to you do have to let them know what cards that you can use so that they can point you to the right direction. Um so that's the automated I guess like, you know, app related that I think is really helpful. And then I also just have a simple notes on my app, my phone, my iPhone and I just list out all of the major categories and which card has the most points and miles so that I can just quickly reference just in case so I can make sure I'm using the right card. Since I have multiple, this is really good if you have multiple cards. Like I have something like 10 cards or something like that. So it could be a little hairy. So I do have a notes app where I just kind of list out, okay, if I'm going to Target, use this card. If I'm going to Walgreens, use this card. And the notes app is also really helpful because things change so much. Depending on what kind of credit card you have, They may have bonus periods where like for Q1, you'll have these categories that they like are really pushing and maximizing with like five times the points. So the notes app helps me make sure I jot down like, okay, just be mindful that these are switching out for more revolving opportunities. Those are the two things that I use. I'm sure people have Excel spreadsheets and you can be (laughs) as intricate as you want, right? As a money nerd. But for me, I like to keep it simple with the app and my notes app for just like a a secondary measure to make sure I'm
0: maximizing. I think I'd probably follow suit with you and, and have a note in my phone and the app to, to help support me. And if I pick the wrong one here or there, I probably wouldn't beat myself up too much about it. <laughs> uh, once again, we're, we're looking for for good, not like 100% optimized in this situation. And honestly, once again, anything's kind of better than my 1% right now.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I love that you mentioned that point, right? I think that using some of these strategies will help you to, to get to the next level, right? Especially if you have, if you're not maximizing anything at all, at the end of the day, if you're able to have one free hotel night for the year, it's still a great feeling to be like, wow, I'm not doing anything extra. This is all things that I would be naturally spending on, but using the right card at checkout makes a big difference. One of the things that I used to kind of struggle with is when I'm at the checkout counter, like physically at a counter, looking through my app, it takes a couple of seconds, right? So people are kind of looking at you, like, what are you doing? So you have to kind of get over that like little pause that you're gonna make at the checkout just so that you can find the right card. If it's in your wallet, just use the right one so don't be like afraid that people are judging you because you're at a counter a little longer because I <laughs> kind of feared that a little bit it's a little awkward but hey I gotta get my points and
0: miles here <laughs> yeah. you also mentioned sign up bonuses and I know this is a, a pretty big aspect of the credit card hacking space you're whenever you enroll f- or or sign up for a new credit card you can take advantage of usually a pretty large sum of Initial miles that can really kind of fill the bank up to to start with. Some of that I know comes with stipulations where you have to spend a certain amount over the course of the first month or three months or six months or whatever it may be. What's your strategy with that? Do you create some kind of like spending plan so that you know that you're going to hit the targets that you need to hit?
1: Yes, absolutely. These are the incentives, right? This is what the credit card's using to say, hey, sign up with us versus another brand for example. And I love these bonuses with a goal in mind. So what I'd say is look at what they're offering and say, what can I actually do with this pot of points and miles? A lot of us typically try to hoard these points and miles like it's cash and it's not cash. Points and miles get devalued all the time, which means that they become less and less valuable. So our goal is to earn and burn. So when you're typically signing up for a new credit card, I like to have a very, very conscious and know, okay, I'm using this to pay for my flights to Disney and maybe two hotel nights, right? So be very, be very determined, like have a determination of how you wanna spend these points and miles. And then once you earn them, start spending. Mm-hmm. Do not hoard them because it's. this is not cash, At any point in time, they can either devalue or they can even just close the program down completely. And then some points and miles can expire. So these are things to really be mindful of as you're opening new credit cards. But I think having a goal and vision for what you want to accomplish is like a good frame of reference for the beginning stages. And then after you have the card, it's all about, okay, make sure I'm spending it on the right category. So I think those two strategies is a good framework to really get you to the next level of your travel hacking.
0: Yeah, and you're not making interest or or dividends on your credit card bank or credit card mile bank out there either. It's not like it's cash that's doing some work for you on the back end. So yeah, I like the, the earn and burn methodology you're explaining here.
1: Yes, and then to your point of like your spending, this is where knowing your monthly budget is really important. One of the mistakes I've made is over committing. So I would get, let's say, a credit card that had a minimum spend of, let's say, like $6,000, for example. And you have to have that spending is like $6,000 in three months, for example. And I'm like, I got it. Like, I think I could do it. And then <laughs> things happen and I don't end up actually spending it. So I actually opened a new line of credit and I didn't get any of the bonuses. Mm. This has happened to me a few times. <laughs> so I know from experience. So. Be conservative, even if you know you can with confidence spend that money in the whatever lot, a lot of time that they're offering, shoot for a little bit less, especially as things are changing, like there's talks of a recession or like our economy is shrinking now, right? So you may not be spending as much as you usually are. So know your budget and go a little bit lower than that so that you can actually get the sign of bonuses. You don't want to open a line of credit, think you're going to get a bonus and don't. Yeah. because it sucks. And all their travel goals are like out the window, right? So some things
0: to keep in mind. And, and you don't want to just be spending money to hit the sign up bonus or else that seems fairly counterintuitive to me, then you kind of wash your your rewards away in that whole transaction.
1: Yes. And again, this is for people who are more laid back, right? There are people I'm sure who have like full-blown strategies of like we're going to meet this ban, we're going to do manufactured spending, we're going to do this. But for me, I'm just like the least amount of resistance is like what I'm looking for. And I want it to be natural. I want to know, okay, it's happening in the background. I don't have to put too much thought
0: to making this possible. So maximizing your spending categories, making sure that you get your sign-up bonuses and you're capable of hitting those spending categories. What are some other creative ways to boost your points? I know one thing that I heard you mention was the refer a friend program that's out there so if you sign up for a card they essentially give you like a referral link that you can share to somebody else and they can get points and you can get points if they sign up and i think this is like a really great strategy especially if you know your spouse is about to sign up for that card too you might as well both help each other out in this situation what are some of your other favorite ways or most creative ways to to boost your points outside of spending and sign up bonuses
1: Yes, absolutely. So the refer your family and friends is like perfect. That's like absolutely. For me, it's, it's not really something I do often. What I have been doing more of is adding a family member as a secondary card holder under me. So they get a card with my card, like with my numbers and everything like that. So when they spend, it all comes under me and this allows whatever they're spending on for me to earn on that. What I will say with this card holder under you, you want to make sure you trust the person and you want to make sure that you have an honest conversation of like, please be mindful of your spending here. And at the end of the month, I'm coming for you. So (laughs) please send me the Venmo or whatever, the Zelle of what you're spending on. So I think having those conversations, which could be a little bit difficult sometimes depending on the person in your relationship, but this is your line of credit on the line, right? So you don't want this frivolous spending and for you to be on the hook for that. So for example, I have a card with my mom and she's a secondary card holder. I actually have the card in my like drawer, in my, in my desk for most of the year. And when she's doing like a big purchase, like she's doing some remodeling, she's like, hey, can I use that card for this? I'm like, yeah, here it is. So that allows me to kind of limit <laughs> limit what's going on and she can use it, but just let me know, give me a heads up and then let's get on a plan of how we're gonna pay this off. So I think that can be really, really good and helpful. The next tip I would say is to check your inbox. So once you sign up for a card, these credit card companies are gonna, there may actually send you some bonus opportunities. So they may say, well, for the holidays, we've bumped up, Spending on these categories, but you have to click on this link to activate. So there's a lot of like click to activate stuff going on. So keeping an eye on your inbox is really helpful. What I do is I have a rule set up in my Gmail account where any of these bank institutions kind of get sent directly to a folder and I can check that folder on a weekly basis or a monthly basis to make sure that I'm activating all of those little little bonuses. This is where the Notes app is really helpful because once I activate it, I quickly go to my Notes app and just kind of put that little blurb to mm. let me know, hey, I activated this and these are the parameters, whether from this date to this date. So I'm kind of aware of that. So definitely keep your inbox top of mind because there's amazing gems in there, but they won't tell you. <laughs> so refer friends, add your family members and then check your inbox. There's also... It's not necessarily travel hacking, but it's cash back. So travel hacking is when you're earning points and miles. Cash back is when you're actually getting actual cash back into your wallet. So for actual cash back, I like using Rakuten. So Rakuten, they are very like expansive, But how I personally use them is I have a browser extension on my Chrome browser. So whenever Rakuten has an affiliation with a brand I'm shopping for, there's a little pop-up that comes and says, just click on this to activate your XYZ cashback. Mm. So again, I'm a kind of a lazy, set it and forget it kind of person. Okay. So having like a pop-up that comes that tells you just click on this button is like really, really helpful. So I love this as like a, an added way to actually get cash in your hands. So I think those are the ways that I would say to kind of fluff our... Accounts. Oh, one more thing I want to say here. This is actually a big a bigger topic. So a lot of brands have partnerships. Yes. So I'm talking about like Delta and Starbucks. They have a partnership where whenever you go to Starbucks, you can actually earn Delta Sky Miles on your Starbucks purchases. So I have a complete blog post on this. So I'm happy to send this to <laughs> I, you, Justin. I've heard you
0: geek out about this before. Yes. I I actually heard that one, sent it over to my girlfriend because she's big on Delta. And I don't know why we get so many like Starbucks gift cards all the time, but like, she's routinely in airports and going to Starbucks to get a muffin and a coffee or whatever. And I was like, hey, just a heads up, just heard this. We should definitely activate this partnership together so that you're you're getting your, your miles for Delta. And she's like, yes, thank you. So I've already used the blog post. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And it's like, those are like the hidden gems, right? Like those are the,
1: like, we're already doing this. So let's just add fluff the account a little bit more. Um, so I really love like that, for example, because there's nothing else to do besides the activation. There are some partnerships where you actually have to click on a link like Delta and Airbnb. There's a specific link you have to use Mm -hmm. every time you book an Airbnb. So just know a couple of these stipulations, but that blog post will really detail out, okay, here are the partnerships, and here's how I can earn points and miles, additional points and miles.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll grab the blog post from you, and we'll put it in the show notes. There's tons of partnerships out there. I know some common ones that you've mentioned before. Marriott and Uber have a partnership. Airbnb, if you use Turo, they have a partnership with them. And then Ticketmaster, which we're spending ton on Ticketmaster tickets right now because of Taylor Swift, so there are some opportunities out there definitely in the the partnership space and if these are companies that you're routinely using and you might want to be connected on on your cards for for certain extra cashback or, or miles exactly
1: and you know i know when we're talking about this it can feel overwhelming like oh my god there's like so many things that i have to do <laughs> yes. right so i would say just pick your top 2 pick your two ways that you want to focus in on and really get good at mastering that And reap the rewards, whatever rewards that is. Book that free flight, book that free hotel or whatever it is, just realize your gains. Because I think that's what made travel hacking real for me. And more than just like this theory is when I actually was able to book something and to be like, wow, I saved XYZ dollars by literally doing a few things. So I think keep it simple, have your two, and then start to earn and burn, right? Earn Mm -hmm. and burn. Mm -hmm.
0: So as we're closing up this conversation, Danielle, I I do want to shift the conversation out of credit cards and actually just into a little bit of travel conversation. So I got a a question for you. As a former nine to fiver, you probably understand this pretty well. Many of us are, are limited when it comes to traveling because of PTO especially early on in our careers when we don't have the service time built up, we might only have 10 or 15 days of PTO, which once again is fairly limiting. Thinking back to your days as a grants administrator, do you have any hacks for stretching your PTO? Absolutely. And I even have a full book about this because I said to (laughs) myself,
1: like, before I leave corporate, I gotta just put everything down. So I'll I'll link to traveling with a full-time job. So I think what's important is At the beginning of the year, or whenever your annual year starts, because for me, our annual year used to start in August. So it's not a fiscal year like January to December. So, whenever we start, sit down and look at all of the days that you get off of work. Put those days on a calendar and see if any of those days fall on a Monday. Because, with that being said, you can do, let's say you leave work on Friday. And you have Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Boom. That's a three-day weekend. Those are really, really easy to do. Secondly, I would say take advantage of summer Fridays if you have them. So for me, we used to have like you could leave at 12 o'clock on summers, on Fridays, alternating, whatever the case may be. Use that to get a head start on your travels versus kind of like waiting until Sunday to or Saturday to go out. Also, take a look at the holiday, the two week holiday period. I'm talking about like Christmas and New Year's because it's literally two weeks of back to back, one day off, typically speaking. So that can be a great way, especially if it's quiet and dead at your organization. Just take it off, and now you have two extra bonus days that you can just go and enjoy and not have to really think about. I would say also, if possible, to really lean into remote work right now. Advocate for yourself and ask your superiors, if it's possible, to add one day a week. One day or two days a week out of the office, that could be a Wednesday and a Friday, that can be whatever days you choose, but typically try to do like a Monday or Wednesday or Monday or Friday so that you can kind of leverage those opportunities because at this point we could be anywhere in the world plug into our laptops and get work done. So I would definitely recommend leaning into remote work as much as possible. The last thing I would say is if your job pays for you to, or potentially could pay for you to go to conferences for your professional development opportunities, leverage that. Mm -hmm. So when I was working a nine to five, I made sure every year I was going to like a grant administrator conference in D.C., And I didn't really care. Like, it's DC. Like, it's just me able to travel, explore, and also learn something. The trick here is to make sure when you come back into the office, you show them what you've learned, Mm -hmm. right? You really display why this was a good investment of their time and resources and how it's going to help the department or help the business continue to grow. So those are some of the things that I leverage and use, but it all starts with what are the free days that i get a year from the holidays and then depending on your organization they could have added days like i know my mom now has like a cultural holiday so she can kind of pick any day of the year and use that as like a cultural day and those are all things you could do without even taking sick time yeah right cuz sick, sick time can be a little controversial but all these things you could do without taking one sick day
0: I like that strategy and honestly you have so much in that book that I feel like is warranted for another conversation on this this podcast. So that's how to travel with a full-time career. Did I have that title right? So the
1: book title is Traveling with a Full-Time Job.
0: Okay. Traveling with a Full-Time Job. We'll we'll link out to that too. I know it's what one of your four books that you've written or something crazy like that. <laughs> and I know that you even had some some thoughts in there too how to set you and your team up before you leave on vacation. So we'll hang that out there and and let that sit. But Danielle, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. So, of course, if people want to connect with you, we've already mentioned like a lot of amazing resources and they can find these resources, these like condensed blogs where you've done the majority of the work. All they have to do is go out to your blog, read the blog and then implement some of the things that you're suggesting. So that is the thought card. And then you also have an amazing podcast, the exact same name, the thought card. So head over to Danielle's podcast, give her a follow and tune into an episode. Final question for you, Danielle. If you had the opportunity to teach a 16-week class to a group of graduating college seniors on a topic that isn't normally covered in the classroom, what would you teach and how would you teach it?
1: Oh, that's a great one. I would teach how to be a financially savvy traveler. The book is coming soon, but yes. yes. (laughs) So it's like, it's thinking about smart ways to be able to travel, but also having your eye on your financial goals, right? I think a lot of travelers- are solely focusing on traveling. But travel is just one of the goals that a lot of us are pursuing on top of maybe homeownership or paying off debt or retiring early, right? It's just one piece of the pie. So adopting this financially savvy travel lifestyle is all about how do I travel and pursue my other goals? Hmm. And that often is either spending less, making smart decisions, making being informed, That's the kind of topics that I feel like I could just like geek out for days, (laughs) which is why I feel like I've been podcasting for over five years now is because there's just so much that you could talk about. And then I would probably either teach it virtually or live in person for that period. And then we would actually implement some of those tips to actually book a trip and would go on a trip together Very cool. so they can see, right? See what happened and what's possible when they are adopting this travel lifestyle
0: <laughs> sign me up i'd want to travel with danielle i feel like you would teach me so much along the way <laughs> Woo-hoo! let's do it <laughs> once again danielle desir the thought card podcast blog creator host writer all the things danielle it's been a blast talking to you thank you justin and let me know what you implement let <laughs> me know what you implement <laughs> yes i definitely will thanks for listening to the episode As always, I appreciate your kind words. If you wanna leave us a rating and review on your podcast player right now, that would absolutely make my day. If you want to find episode show notes, our blog, and other great resources, head over to tsirpodcast.com. If you have follow-up questions, an idea for a future episode, or just want to say hi, we have a contact form on our website and those messages go straight into my inbox. And I promise you, I will reply. But all right, guys, I really appreciate you tuning in. I love you all. And you're not alone. Let's keep making it through our struggles together.